Welcome to the third part of our Rebuild series. I'm so glad that you are part of this series today. It's a series we started a while ago to look at how we can rebuild our lives, how we can rebuild our city, how we can rebuild South Africa. Um, We've seen crazy things happening all around the world in the last couple of months with COVID, and, and a lot of things are broken, from our economy to marriages to so many things that is not where it's supposed to be. And for the last two weeks, we said, let's get a heart for what, what God wants to repair. And let's then make a plan, we said last week, and start putting it into action to do this repair. But here's the question. How on earth do I get it all done? How do I get it all done when my marriage is not in a good spot, when I'm having issues with my children, when my work is not doing so great, when my finances are not balancing, um, when the church needs my help, when our city, I see brokenness in our city, how do I get everything done? Now, this is a question that's quite close to my heart. Just last night, we were in Sierras for my brother's wedding. So this morning early, we had to leave at 7 o'clock. We started setting up in this venue to make sure that everything is running smooth. And um, when you don't sleep enough and you're running around, it's like, how do I continue to get it all done? And maybe you felt like that before. Maybe you've looked at so much brokenness in life and you're just like, I do not know where to start. I do not know how to get going. Let me ask you another question. Have you ever seen someone, read a book, or met someone who's made a great impact somewhere in their lives? Now, if you have ever met someone like that, you've probably experienced one of two things. And even if you didn't meet someone and you just watched some biographies about someone who made an impact, if you watch a biography about their life or if you read a book, normally there's one of two characteristics that are part of their life. One is they are super stressed out and they're often horrible people to work with. Now, there's people who just want to fire everyone and who's mean and shouts at everyone and those kind of people. You get them, and still they sometimes make a big impact. But then you get a different kind of person. You get the person who's super passionate about what they're doing, and that's why their business exploded. That's why why ever they did, although they had setbacks, they kept going. And what's interesting is the difference. Both of them might have made a big impact, but the one you will be drawn towards, the one with passion, and the one without the passion will probably be you will feel like, I don't want to be in their presence. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about living a high-impact life, and how do we do that? I think we need to have a passion for the build. And our topic today is passion for the build. Because I believe that passion is not only a beautiful characteristic that we need to have in our life, but passion is also a quality that would help us to accomplish more and do it with more excellence. So not only will we be able to do more, but the thing that we do more of, it's not just mediocre, it's not just average, it's really good. Whatever we are building. Whether that is your marriage, whether that's your finances, whether that's your business, whether that's your relationship with God. So we're going to continue reading from Nehemiah 4. If you've got your Bibles with you, you can open to Nehemiah 4. So let's go for a little bit of a recap, okay? Nehemiah was 1,400 kilometers away from Jerusalem, basically as a slave in the Persian king's household. He gets this passion to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. He travels 1,400 kilometers. Last week, we saw that he made a plan. He assessed the situation. He gathered the right people. He trusted God, so they started rebuilding. 
And now this is what happens. Nehemiah 4 verse 6. I want to read to you from two translations. The first is the New International Version. It says it this way. So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height. For the people worked with all their heart. Okay, let's see from the New Living Translation. He says, at last the wall was completed to half of its height around the entire city, for the people had worked with enthusiasm. So a different way that we can translate this, that we can exp express this, is that people rebuilt. Why? Because they had passion in their lives. Passion was a marker in their lives. Now, if you're like, Louis, this is cool, but... You know, like anyone that builds it a bit of heart, you know, they will get there. Listen, this is not just a wall. This wall was broken for 140 years. The Jews came back out of exile 70 years earlier to rebuild the temple. And for 70 years, this wall that is now half of its height seemed so crazy. They had no idea how to rebuild their lives, how to rebuild their houses, how to rebuild the temple, how to try and pay taxes to this foreign king, how to be faithful with their tithing towards God and still rebuild a wall. And finally, they gave up. And for 70 years, they were living in a city without a wall. So when you read these words, don't just take it for granted that they just started building and boom, it's there. For 70 years, this task seemed so impossible that they couldn't start the build. And I'm like, so what changed? Do you know what changed? They had a crazy, except for Nehemiah, they had more opposition than before. If you go and read Nehemiah 4 from the first verse, and by the way, the challenge still stands. Go back home and read a couple of chapters every week. But if you go back to verse 1, what happens? They get opposition. All of these tribes around them start going after them, start attacking them. Some of the guys even told them this, a jackal, okay, what, what is the purpose of a wall? To protect them from enemies, right? From war. This is what the enemy says. If a jackal jumps up against your wall, your wall will collapse. So they have opposition, they've got all these things, so except for the fact that this build seemed insane for 70 years, they, they were like, how are we going to do this? It's impossible, we cannot do this, we will never get to everything, except for that challenge, all the stones that are broken down, now suddenly they're facing additional opposition. How did they build this wall? Simple, no magic, they had passion. They built with all their hearts, with enthusiasm. Because what I learned from this is when we do what we are passionate about, it gives sustainability to the thing we do. You see, this wall wasn't impossible to complete, but the one group had passion, the previous group didn't have passion, and the only difference that made this build sustainable, because by the way, if you go and read, everything wasn't easy for them. We're going to talk about this in a little while. They struggled to put food on the table while they were busy with this. But because they had passion for the build, because they had passion for this brokenness that they wanted to fix, suddenly things changed and the wall was completed to half its height. Have you ever heard the saying, do what you love and you'll never work another day in your life? And let's be honest, that's not completely true. Okay, I, I do what I love. I love this. I've been called for this. I will never do anything else with my life. I've been doing this for 14 years. I grew up as a pastor's kid. This is what God has called me for, and I love this, but I'm still working. And sometimes it's still crazy hard. So you will work another day in your life if you do what you love. Okay, so it's not completely true. But there's something beautiful in this. 
And this is the first lesson I want to share with you today is you cannot change something in your life if you're not passionate about it. We have talked about many different things. Maybe you're facing a marriage that is falling apart. Listen, if you don't fight with passion for your spouse, there's no way that relationship is going to go anywhere. Even if you see a counselor, even if you read the best books about marriages. If your finances is in a horrible place and you don't feel passionate about aligning your finances to the will of God, how He wants you to live, with, it's not going to happen even though you attend a seminar. Even though you have a budget. If you want to see the church flourish, if you want to see your personal relationship with Jesus flourish, you can read books, you can read classics like A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God. Nothing is going to change until finally you start doing it with enthusiasm, with all your heart, and you start putting passion behind it. Nothing will change if you don't have passion. Do you know what will happen if, you, if you're passionless? You will start putting a couple of stones on top of each other and you will look around and there will be kilometers of walls all around you that's still broken down and you will get tired and you will get weary and the opposition will come and you're going to give up. See, but here's the interesting thing. Kerry Neof, he used to be a pastor and he's now, he runs all kinds of leadership podcasts and, and he's written a couple of books. He says one of the problems he sees in the world today is that people have abandoned passion for the myth of balance. We live in a world that's so busy that we keep saying we need to find balance. You know, I need to balance my family and my work and my faith and my hobbies. And there's so many balls and the more, the more balls I'm juggling and the more I'm trying to, to find balance, this is what happens. We basically start holding on to them. We stop throwing the ball into the air. So he says what happens is people start taking time off from, any, from a lot of things. They start doing everything with, with mediocrity, and then they say it's because I'm, I'm trying to find balance. He says balance is the enemy of someone who wants to make a high impact in their life, someone who wants to rebuild a broken wall, whether that's in your personal life, whether that's in our city. It's the enemy of rebuilding. It became a retreat instead of an advance. It became an excuse for mediocrity. He said, if you go and read a book about anyone, by the way, you can't just go and read the Bible. There's a lot of people who achieved great things there. But if you go and read about them, they weren't balanced people. They were passionate people. And you will see it now when we read further from Nehemiah is that these people weren't necessarily balanced, but they were super passionate. I want to show you something, and, and as we're reading this, I want you to imagine, is this balance or is this passion? Okay, let's go to Nehemiah 4, verse 16. So by the way, after they build it to half, the, the attacks keep coming. Now the guys are starting to tell Nehemiah, listen, you, you want to rebel against the king. Um, they had all kinds of plans to get Nehemiah out of the city, maybe to kill him, something. Nehemiah was too clever for that. But then we read this. Nehemiah realized something needs to be done. So from that day on, in verse 16, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Here it is. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other, and each of the builders wore his sword on his side as he worked. Is that balance? It sounds like balance. No, one hand is a sword, one hand has a, has a rock. I don't think this is balance. I think this is passion. 
They were like, it is just as important for us to protect the city that God has given us that we love as it is to rebuild this wall. So we're not doing this in mediocrity. We're not going to half this wall and then half the war if something happens. No, no. We're going to give everything, and you will see they gave everything. They rebuilt this wall in record time. We're going to give everything to this build, but let me tell you, I'm not going to back off if the enemy comes after me. I'm going to be ready with passion to fight them off. So they were ready. They weren't balanced. They were passionate about the build. They were passionate about protecting it. If you go and read in some of the other chapters, I think it's in chapter 5, they actually came to Nehemiah. They're like, Nehemiah, dude, we don't have food. Because we're passionate about the build, we're passionate about protecting it. So, so we, we're running into a bit of problems and we're trying to pay the king and everything. And it gets hard because even when you're passionate, it's sometimes like, how do I, how do I juggle all the balls? But I think this is what passion does. Passion doesn't enable us to do everything more than we are capable. So we can't go to 200% if we're only capable at giving 100, right? But what passion will do is passion will help to guide us to give 100% to the thing that is most important now. There was a time for them to sow and a time to work the fields, and there was a time for them to build the wall and to protect the wall. And because of passion, they knew what to focus on now. We can't do everything. But when you are passionate about your family, when you're passionate about your marriage, when you're passionate about your work that God has given you, when you're passionate about your finances, when you're passionate about your faith, when you're passionate about your hobbies, when you're passionate about your church, you will be able to give it what it needs through the different seasons. So it means that you might have to go and speak to your husband or your wife and tell them, listen, for the next two weeks, because you know I'm passionate about my work, I might have to work till eight o'clock at night and I'll be home late. But what do mediocre people do? What do people do that's trying to find balance? They will work to five and when they get home, they will try to watch TV till eight and then they hope to have some time for the family and it's not gonna happen. But a person who's passionate will say, after the two weeks, I'm drawing the line of working till eight because guess what? I am passionate about my wife and for the next two weeks, I'm gonna go home early to spend the time with her that I need to spend with her. That's passion. There's different seasons in life and passion helps us to feel what we need to be busy with in the moment. Not just the urgent things, but the important things. See, if we try to live balanced, like all these little urgent things pop up on your schedule. Have you seen that? You had the plan for the week and then suddenly it's just like you didn't do what you want to do because a bunch of urgent things popped up and you didn't get to the important things. Passion helps us to focus on what is important. Guys, I'm so glad that we serve a God that's passionate and not just balanced. You're like, Louis, where do you get that? You don't die for people who hate you because you're balanced. There's a song that goes, God's love is reckless. And I've, re re I've read stuff where church leaders said, like, you can't say that. God is not reckless. I'm like, they didn't say God is reckless. They said his love is reckless. God is so passionate that he wasn't willing to spare his own son because he had so much passion to have a new, to see a reconciled relationship with you. God had so much passion about your life, even though you didn't know him yet. God was like, I'm willing to put all on the table. I'm willing to go all in. I'm willing to let my son die on a cross because I am a passionate God. 
And I will do anything and everything to get you back to me. Let me ask you, are you passionate about your build? Are you passionate about your marriage? Are you passionate about your your finances and doing it the way God wants to? Are you passionate about your faith? Are you passionate about your church? Are you passionate about the work? Are you passionate about your faith and your work? You will always experience oppositions and setbacks and all kinds of stuff, just like the Israelites did or the Judeans in, in Nehemiah. But passion is the fuel that propels you past your setbacks. Passion is the fuel that that propels you past the opposition. Passion keeps you going. How how did I sleep a couple of hours last night? I was at a wedding. I preached my brother's at at my brother's wedding. I get in a car this morning, and I I think I'm still pretty unpassionate. I think I'm going. I'm going because I'm actually passionate about this. I actually believe this. And these guys, the passion fueled them past their setbacks and past their opposition. And then in Nehemiah 6, verse 15 to 16, we read this. So the wall was completed on the 25th of Elam in 52 days. When all our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid and lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. Guys, for 70 years, for 70 years they couldn't rebuild these walls. And suddenly in two months, Jerusalem has a new city wall. And the enemy are speechless. The same guys who said a jackal will jump up against the wall and the wall will collapse. Doesn't know what to say. And suddenly the enemy start talking about the God of, of these people. Because it's impossible to rebuild this wall in two months. Because for 70 years it was lying in ruins. See, I believe not only does passion, as I said at the beginning, not only is it a beautiful quality in people, not only does passion help us and propel us forward and help us to get done more and help us to get it done better, but I also believe that passion attracts other people to us. John Wesley, the great revival preacher, said this. He said, light yourself on fire with passion. Light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. This guy traveled across the UK, traveled across the US. The Methodist church is across the world today, started because of John Wesley. One man on a horseback that traveled throughout the world. He said, the whole world is my congregation. And do you know how he got people to come? And do you know how? Yes, God sent the people, but he... He he understood this. If I am on fire for God, people will come for miles to watch me burn. The Israelites were on fire. The Judeans were on fire for, for God. And they bowled with passion. And they finished the wall. And people all around them, all the tribes and all the nations, couldn't stop talking, not just about the wall they completed, but about the God they served, the God that made all of this possible. 
There is no greater testimony than to see someone who's facing a terminal illness or a crazy difficult situation whose business is in ruins. Someone whose marriage seems like it's on the edge of a cliff. There is nothing better to see someone who's at that point that seems like a point of no return. They put their hope in God. They go full passion at it and everything turns around. Not because they're so great, but because the passion, the fire that God lit in their hearts got them through it. But if we want to be a person like that, if we want to be someone on fire with passion, we need to stop trying to balance it all. Balance is not going to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. That's why the churches are running on empty across the world, across the Western world. Churches that used to be full are running on empty because people, instead of being passionate about God, got mediocre. They tried to balance everything. They fill a seat on a Sunday to tick a little box off. It's not going to help you grow. That's not going to give you that sense that I've got a personal relationship with my Savior. Balance is not going to help you when you pray to feel like God is hearing you. Balance will keep you from praying and your prayers will stop against the roof. That's what you will feel like. Balance is not going to help you lead your friend to Jesus because they will look at you and they will say, why do I want to serve your God? Because when I look at your life, it doesn't seem like it's worthy to follow this Jesus. Balance will not fix your marriage. You think you need balance because you didn't spend enough time at home. No, you need to have passion for your wife. You need to have passion for your children. Balance is not going to fix South Africa. A new president is not going to fix South Africa. Better policing is not going to fix South Africa. All kinds of riots across the country for all kinds of different issues is not going to fix the country. Passion for our God that has a vision for South Africa, that's going to fix our country. When people's hearts are on fire for Jesus, that's going to change everything. If you want to rebuild, you need to leave balance behind. You need to find passion. You need to start pursuing whatever you need to rebuild with passion. You will enjoy it more and you will have greater impact. So let me ask you this question. What would happen if you started pursuing your work, family, rest, hobbies, exercise, relationships, everything you do? What would happen if you started pursuing that with passion? Emma, will you jump on the keys for us, please? What will happen if we start pursuing it with passion? And I want to pray for us this morning, but I also feel like we need to do this today. Well, Emma's going to play for us. I, I spoke about a God that is so passionate about us that he was willing to sacrifice everything. And I really believe this is our third Sunday in this building. It's our third Sunday. We met for six months. We were in lockdown for seven months with online services. This is our third Sunday back. But I really believe God wants to do something in this church. I believe God wants to do something in this community. And I believe it starts with passion. The passion John Wesley spoke about. It's always been my motto in life. I'm like, I want to light a fire for whatever I'm preaching in my life. So that when you guys listen to it, so that you can get the same fire in your life. And I think we need more people like that. 
So I'm going to pray for us. And then when you're sitting in this room or whether you are watching online or in the nursery, I want you today to pray this prayer with me, to think through this for a moment. Let's just examine our own lives for a moment and think like, are we truly passionate about what God wants to rebuild in our lives? Remember we said in the first week, it starts with hearts breaking for the things that break God's heart. We need to have a plan. We need to surround ourselves with the right people. But we also need passion. Let's pray. God, you are not a mediocre God. You created a world that I stand in awe of every single day. I have the privilege of living in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And I look at the mountains. And I look at the oceans. And I look at the birds. And I look at the animals. And I look at my daughter. And I see your passion in it. In every detail. But I also look at this world, God, and I see brokenness all around us. Because people forgot to be passionate about the right things. We get so passionate and so worked up about all the wrong stuff. And I pray this morning, God, for a new fire. I pray that you would light a fire in our life for everyone watching this online. I pray that you would light a fire for everyone in this room today. I pray that you would light a fire in this city. And that nothing would ever be the same. That this would be like a field fire that cannot be contained. Like a fire in the Western Cape in the middle of summer. That our opposition and setbacks will not be able to contain this. I want to speak to you as listening to this today. And I want to ask you if you're sitting in this room and you're like, I need some passion. I need a fire lit in my life. This is where it starts. It starts by saying enough is enough. It starts by saying I'm going to abandon mediocrity and I'm going to trade it in for passion. Whether you're not a follower of Jesus, if you want to start following today, it says it's as simple as this. If you declare with your mouth and you believe in your heart, then He is your Lord and your Savior. And if you do know Jesus, but the passion is gone, you pray for a fresh outpouring of His Spirit. So I want to give you a couple of seconds today, wherever you are. I want you to just examine your life for a moment. If you need some passion in your life. Just think through it for a moment and then we're going to pray together, okay? I don't know what you need some passion for today. Maybe it's for that broken relationship. Maybe it's passion to just keep going, to not give up. When a loved one is sick and in hospital, maybe it's passion to realign your life with God. Maybe you need some passion to, to not just go to a job every day, but to start working as if you're working for God. Maybe it's passion to make a difference in the city. Whatever it might be, if you're like, I need some passion in my life this morning, why don't you raise your hands this morning with passion and let's all pray this to God. Jesus, I pray that your spirit would fall in a fresh way on each of us. 
I pray that you would fill our lives with more passion and fire for everything that is good and holy and presence worthy. I pray that from today, I will no longer be okay with mediocrity, but from today that I will go full out with passion in everything I do. And I pray that people would see Jesus in everything I am. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.